Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell, and Adam B. And we're off and freaking running. Uh, uh, that's that's the quality. Oh God. That's Thank the you quality very much. Right there. Right there. To you. <laughs> Sorry. Let's sure lower. Right let's lower the music. I think it's buzzing in my ear. Oh, you can't hear anything? You can't hear anything? Yeah, Jason, eh, you'll get used to, to it. You'll get used to it. It's you don't okay. have to wear them. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Jason yeah. can hear yeah. you and uh, we'll let if, you know if I'll you're tell you, I'll tell you either you're doing great or you suck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so mine are actually that's... buzzing really badly, so yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get rid okay. of them. So. Okay. <laughs> Let's so. do a Kickstarter to buy me some new goddamn <laughs> headphones. Buy Darth Jader some headphones, Hindsiders. Buy some merchandise, please. Now let's talk about a movie that everyone's already seen and said everything possible to say about. I don't know. We bring we bring some pretty unique uh, viewpoints to the table. I feel, but <laughs> do uh, we? I would like to oh, think okay. so. All right. I, I mean, we've only been doing this for two years, but whatever. Oh, man. So anyway, uh, speaking of the movie, uh, we have a beloved guest back with us in the studio today. We have Cece back to discuss. What are we discussing, Hi. Cece? It's a Wonderful Life. Yay. I know, but what are we talking about? Uh, ah. I'm not even. You it's not even. I know you weren't going to yeah. do it to yourself, so I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> Phrasing boom. <laughs> that one wasn't intentional, yeah, okay. so it counts. All right, it's good. Um, I like and it. this also happens to be one of Mr. Brown's favorite Christmas movies of all time. Is that I correct? cry. I hope I don't cry tonight. That's what she said. Um, anyway, <laughs> 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 had to break the tension off of that awful yeah, bombshell. That, that uh, gotta say, that gets you that. That, that's a win for Darth. I can hear it through his headphones, so I'm cool. But, all right, so this is, you know, what Jason was sort of alluding to, one of the most classic Christmas movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, what kind of communist hiding under what rock are you? That's I, my yeah, question. I would actually, I would posit that if you if you did a survey of people who hadn't seen this movie, you'd pr- well, I think you'd be surprised that there are actually a lot of I people who have lot. not seen it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was made in 1947. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was 46. Or had 46. only, 46. Or have yeah. only yeah. seen yeah. parts of it. I just it. saw right. the I Ah, there's an, interesting, there's, an interesting, there's an interesting reason for that, though. They were supposed to release it in 47, but uh, RKO had another picture, a Sinbad picture, that Technicolor, Sinbad? it was a sin, one, one of the, the Sinbad comedian. movies. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I it's thought, okay. boy, how yeah, old is he? I know I auditioned he, for this Well, film. he's a genie. Hey, Black he's don't crack, man. <laughs> That's right. Um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so they got um, real very quickly. <laughs> no, but, they, but uh, Technicolor couldn't get the Sinbad picture out in time, so okay. they rushed this one to 46, but mm. they didn't reshoot the titles. Ah. So the titles are actually incorrect. And that's the only thing I have to add about this movie. <laughs> All right, then. What the what only thing? Really? It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's perfect. Have you ever seen this movie? <laughs> a million times. <laughs> well, we d- had a recent argument. What film was that? That was it was different date. 
Um, that's end. what I'm saying, and I cannot remember. Uh, I don't listen to our show. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't know. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Yeah. He, he records the episodes, <laughs> yeah. and then he just, you're like a shark. You give birth, and you're just like, yeah. have a sandwich and a roadmap, yeah. and we'll see you later. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Wow. So, yeah, that's how much Jason really loves the show that he really yeah. co Hey, I learned your names already. That's, that's true. That's it, a big deal for me. Well, I, I'll get to you. Don't we, worry. We, we appreciate that, He's of course. Yeah, yeah. Two letters, the same letter twice, basically. Uh, Okay. All right. All you have to remember. So. And it's not very far in the alphabet, so I don't. I don't, I don't have to go too far before it. Oh, <laughs> just that's, randomly that's guessing. That's a tactic that they Is both it Zuzu? have. Zuzu. Yes. <laughs> I thought so. I am. Bud Bailey's littlest daughter. Aww. Zuzu. Truth comes out. That's either, why it's my favorite. Do Christmas either of movie. you know why she was called Zuzu? I used to know this actually. I looked it up, but I thought you didn't know. She like driving else. Mazda. My memory yeah, yeah. Apparently, I do have stuff. Oh, that zoom say. zoom. That was different, right? No, that was Mazda. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a it was a brand of ginger snap. Aww. It was Zuzu's oh, ginger snap. Oh, because he calls her he his said, little ginger yep. snap. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, there you go. Fun fact, <laughs> and unrelated to this movie entirely, that's actually what I call my niece. Uh, and because when she was born, she actually had really crazy wild hair, and so I called her Zuzu like Zoolander because he uh. had the crazy spiky hair. But then I was watching this again. I was like, "Oh right, his daughter's name is Zuzu," and it just it just tied it together. But and, and it's no one's gonna random. make an Exorcist two reference. Pazuzu, the I demon. Re- I don't I'm remember sure Pazuzu. Oh, he was the name. He was the name. He was. <laughs> yeah, name, he was cricket wait, hang on, hang on. <laughs> cricket yourself. I don't have my list here. Hang on. There we go. There. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, nobody in the room. Very nice. I should have. I should have. So I should have had the I am Pazuzu uh, thing queued up. <laughs> okay, so um, we need to get into the synopsis of this movie because uh, Jason's a diva and has to be somewhere tonight. So um, basically, the synopsis of this Hindsiders is George Bailey has so many problems he is thinking about ending it all. And it's Christmas. All the angels discuss George. We see his life in flashback. As George is about to jump from a bridge, he ends up uh, rescuing his guardian angel, Clarence, who then shows George what his town would have looked like if it hadn't been for all the good he <laughs> did over the years. So, just imagine if George, if uh, Clarence had taken him back and everyone was like super happy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, life God, was so I'm, much better. Yeah, man, I'm glad prosperous. George Bailey's not here. It's the opposite of a Christmas story because, <laughs> you know, Scrooge sees how much happier everyone is without him, whereas George <laughs> Bailey sees how yes. upset. And you even get that wholesome vibe just straight from the beginning how everyone in the town is praying for a guy named George and you don't know who he is yet. Yeah. But then. Yeah. His guardian angel, who's a bit of a a bit of a noob, he hasn't earned his wings yet. Clarence, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. who carries a copy of what book, guys? Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yes. Um, he, he loves to, to read. Anyway, <laughs> never mind. When you have to <laughs> that, was, that was very good. Right? <laughs> yeah. Self control. Um, thank you. Thank you. He doesn't. He doesn't express that very often. Cece is probably just because you're here today. So I appreciate it. Thank so, you. Uh, my first. Shooter. My first cry of the movie is always when I hear them praying. Please pray for Daddy. Yeah, yeah like that. That gets me. Oh. Because every town member, like the the guy who owns the bar, martinis, uh, everyone in town is praying for George, and so that's yeah. and that was a question that I had because it's a, a, a pretty funny movie in, at 
points uh, where the angels get together and they're like, well, I guess enough people were praying about this guy. I guess we should band together and do something about it. So, and Otherwise. They, and they, but then they put the noob of the angels yeah. on be it. Fine. It's yeah. just like, and they're giving him an opportunity to earn yeah. his angel's wings. Well, either that it, or they're like, Christ, it's Bedford Falls again. Just send the new guy. Why do people keep settling there? Yeah. It's like the wagon train ended and they just said, screw it. <laughs> well, it was just a small town praying for him. It was a yeah. whole nation. Imagine. Then, then he would get yeah. the archer. <laughs> then himself. Do do any of you know who was originally going to play George Bailey? Oh. I do not. Tell us. This please. is awesome. I can't imagine anybody but Jimmy Stewart, though. Now, there was... Uh, before- Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Richard... Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Sinbad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Angels be different from men. Oh um, <laughs> no, uh, wrong before Frank Capra was associated with the project, mm-hmm. um, it was actually written and it was being developed specifically for Cary Grant. Oh, I thought maybe Jimmy Cagney. No, and and whenever I could actually see Cary Grant, I okay. could too. Yeah, not I, as good as Jimmy Stewart. No, though. it wouldn't. It wouldn't be as good. But you could definitely imagine. Well, the, and the story was was different. The script it was more closely related to the actual story. That um, I can't remember the name of the writer. I think that's in my notes. So yeah. keep going and all. But yeah, I'll but when it. when Frank Capper got it, he redeveloped it specifically for Jimmy Stewart. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, if I can find that in my notes, I'll come back to it. But I, I literally can't imagine uh, anybody other than, you know, a tall Pennsylvania man playing this role. <laughs> and a war George hero. Bailey. Yeah. 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 His iconic voice in the role. Well, what's funny about that, Cece, is that, oh, there goes my candy cane. I guess I lose the game. Uh, we lost. didn't establish a game, though, so <laughs> I'm putting it back up right now. <laughs> but... That was what I was going to ask you, Mr. Brown, since Jimmy Stewart is also from Pennsylvania. Why don't you sound just like Jimmy Stewart? Well, well I, I don't I, I don't know. I'm not good at impressions. No, I don't oh, sound well, a lot like him. You know. well, well, remember, I was born in New Jersey. Oh, God. <laughs> so was my wife, though. So. There, okay. So. <laughs> I was about to say, Elaine. Yeah. I was waiting to, to get the wrath, yeah. but then luckily I had that yeah. the, the Elaine Shield. <laughs> so I think one, one shield. reason that... I never watched this all the way through as a child, and a lot of people maybe have never watched this all the way through, is that it used to be like four hours long Yes, mm-hmm. in the days of yore with commercial breaks. Yes. Because they, when, they, when they aired this, there were seven million commercials. Yes. I mean, it was like every two minutes they broke for a commercial. They had to yes. tamp the commercials yeah. down. Because they're like, it's Christmas. It- what are you going to do? Not watch <laughs> it? <laughs> Why yes, that's exactly Get what I'm going to do. Get your ass back on the couch. I'm, you don't got to pee. I'm going to go read Tom Sawyer like Clarence because yeah. he got bored. Yeah. Uh, but And this is the part that, okay, you guys have made fun of me in the past because I've referenced this and y'all were like, what is the matter with you? You remember, this is the one thing you yeah. remember from It's a Wonderful Life is Mr. Goyer slapping the ever-loving hell out of And that's real blood. Yeah. Is no. it? Yeah. No way. Yeah, he beat that kid hard enough to make him bleed. And as soon as they yelled cut, he like put his arms around him and was like, I'm sorry. So I'm like, s- just like in the scene, please don't hit my sore ear again. Yes. Please. Oh my, I'm going to cry. Ruptured his eardrum. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, what? Seriously? I'm making oh, that up. Oh, <laughs> rupture your arm. Never, never you admit here? to that. <laughs> Own it. They love making shit. Well, no, I, I enjoyed watching this scene with my children. Or Mr. Gower, sorry. Because <laughs> I told them, I said, what? you think you have a tough exactly. life? Listen, yeah. I feel like beating you like that, but I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still a wonderful life yeah. for him, despite getting yes. slapped senseless. The, the movie has uh, a few of those sort of um, inadvertent shots where things happened that just ended up in the movie. The part where Uncle um, 
Billy. Billy. When he goes outside, Uncle Billy, and and you hear him like tripping over the uh, the trash cans, yeah. And then Jimmy Stewart says, "You know, are you okay?" Mm -hmm. What happened was the actor uh, Thomas Mitchell. You know his name, but you don't remember the character's name. Well, his same name. Well, his same name was yeah. So pointing out the fact that he's vain, yeah. But you know, I am. We probably (laughs) think this whole podcast is about you, Um, isn't it? It's a reference anyway, to a anyway. song. Yes, uh, yeah. She doesn't. We, we, yeah. we know, um, don't we? What song? You're, you're kidding me. <laughs> yes, crickets again. You are. Uh, please, 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 please. I can't live. I think this song is I couldn't live if. There you go. No, all right. When they were shooting that, when I've they were seen shooting how that, how to get rid of a guy in ten days? <laughs> the uh, the actor. I like your rendition of the title. <laughs> the actor walked off off screen, and as soon as he walked off screen, there was somebody moving a bunch of props. And he dropped them, and there was this big clutter and a bunch of noise. And Jimmy Stewart thought that he had tripped and fallen, and so he said, "Are you okay?" Oh, so they kept it. They kept it, and Frank Capra actually gave that prop guy ten bucks for enhancing the sound of the scene. Well, it was great. He paid him extra. Nice little bonus. Yeah, the whole portion where it's even better because Jimmy Stewart does imitate his uncle Billy, where he's like, "All right, old Billy and Lone Pal," and his mom shoves him. She's like. Go find this nice girl to marry and like shoves him off. Since stage. you're gonna stay here, you might as well get yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so another thing about this movie is that the pro- uh, maybe the reason people don't come back to it and watch it all the way through is you kind of have to watch it to the end for it to be a feels good yes. kind of movie. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Friends correct. points that out. Friends, actually. exactly. <laughs> the episode where Phoebe is down because. She realizes because of old Yeller. Yes. Yeah. She realizes that Yeller, spoiler alert, Yeller dies at the end. And, uh, <laughs> well, he's yelled at me for that before. Hey, we but said spoiler alert this time, so I told him it's Mufasa your own died fault. And he got really upset. Yeah. Yeah. I did write this yeah. down, and she says, they shouldn't have called it It's a Wonderful Life. They should have called it It's a Sucky Life, and just when you think it can't suck anymore, it does. Yes! <laughs> Because yeah. if you don't watch it to the end, you let you're left feeling depressed, frustrated, the same way George B- Bailey feels through most of the film. Yeah, yeah and Phoebe even says, "Oh, it's yeah. a it's a total downer. <laughs> the is. movie is a huge downer until, until, until the end." Yeah. Yeah. And Monica even says, "Well, didn't you didn't you think it was kind of wonderful at the end?" And she's like, "I didn't make it to the end because <laughs> I, oh, I love the part where the far- the evil pharmacist makes his ear bleed and Donna Reed cries, and this is just a sucky life. And just when you can't you can't suck anymore, it does. It's just, yeah, she completely." flips out about it when it's supposed to be such a feel good but it's it it is in the beginning and then it's just a super downer for like a straight half hour yeah. death <laughs> bankruptcy yeah. Yeah. Let, let's just list all of the terrible things yeah. that all occur in well, this well my kids are watching and like, the little girl's gonna die isn't she <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's gonna die right he's got a fever oh the girl's gonna die right the girl's gonna no no not gonna die that the wife's gonna die the wife, you know, she's they're just, just trying yeah. to prepare themselves they were yeah, ready for exactly. you know, well, something bad's the gonna game happen of thrones generation where <laughs> exactly, everything that can, yeah. that can go badly will yeah uh, so it just and you have just such a wholesome setup and like i said it they even tell you and this is what i like because it's an older movie it was in 46 47 but the angels straight up tell you that the character development is going to take a while so mm-hmm. unlike with older movies, so yeah. y'all talk about how your kids can't sit through movies with too much character development these days. But in the beginning, the angels are straight up like, you're going to listen for an hour and learn about George Bailey. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. you're going to do. Yep. And so the audience knows it too. Well, it was actually a f- uh, one minorly controversial aspect of the movie was that according to the Hayes Code, 
which back in the day, the Hayes, Hayes was the guy in charge of the MPAA. I was about to say, I have no idea what you're talking the, about. The, the, they talk about there's, <laughs> no, there's not, like, not there's this time. pre-code Hollywood, code Hollywood, and post-code Hollywood. So pre-Karen Hollywood. Well. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, I kind, kind of, yeah. It, it was actually, the MPAA said, at the end of a movie, the criminal has to either be caught slash punished mm-hmm. or has to repent. And in this movie, that does not happen. Because you know the $8,000? Yeah, you know, it never... He gets away with it. That's true. Yeah, and that was Old actually... It was, a, it was a point of controversy with the MPAA, MPAA. And some people actually think that the people, that the powers that be sort of sabotage the, uh, the Oscars. And uh, this is not... Because it didn't win. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and that's a thing that... But I guess that does make it more wholesome at the end because even though the bad guy is so bad that he yeah. doesn't repent and he doesn't get caught, the good guy still wins. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what's good. Yeah, it doesn't about matter. It. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a bigger point. It's irrelevant. Exactly. He um, gets a huge return on his $8,000 investment. No shit. Yeah. It's yeah. just that little yeah. bit of stock he put in the plastics. Yeah, because 20000 We didn't know about. That's true. <laughs> I saw uh, this chili on, beans or soybeans or what, whatever <laughs> kind of beans. <laughs> I saw this on the uh, on on the, the internet. Somebody said twenty thousand bucks in twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen numbers. It's about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, because like yeah. you hear about that, and this is the thing. So for those of you who haven't seen uh, Mr. Potter, because uh, we didn't mention this in the synopsis, Mr. Potter is like the bigwig of the town of Bedford Falls, <laughs> and uh, George Bailey's dad owns the uh, what's the company? The building and loan. The building yeah, and the loan. Building I was about loan. to call it banking and loan, but building and loan. And uh, so George just winds up stuck Michael in this Milken. town repetitively because he keeps doing the right thing. Like something happens to his dad and so he takes over the business. Then he gives his, you know, his scrimped up pennies to his brother to go to college and then his brother wants to get married. So then he's still stuck in the town and like something keeps happening to George to keep him there. And then of all things, Mr. Potter, who owns everything in the town except for the building and loan, they lose that $8,000 when Uncle Billy... Crazy crackpot Uncle Billy with his crows and his squirrel. He's like Ellie Mae Clampett. He's got all these critters <laughs> running around his house. It doesn't make any sense. But he's got a crow that just hangs out at the building alone. But Uncle Billy messes up and he's gloating to Mr. Potter and just spills eight grand in the guy's don't, lap. Don't. Which and is Mr. what? The equivalent of about $100,000? Yeah. $2018? Yeah. 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 And Mr. Potter is just that mean of a man that he just... Yeah. pockets it and because he knows it's going to ruin George oh, Bailey's yeah. life and he doesn't care but uh but they're talking about building houses and oh this guy got a loan for five thousand dollars to build a house I was like do you have any idea how much my house costs <laughs> like, like yeah. five thousand dollars are you kidding me that's crazy well let, let's talk a little bit about the 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 centerpiece of the whole movie who is Jimmy Stewart you know, I mean, yeah, he is. Oh wait, actually, one thing I want to point out here: devastatingly handsome Jimmy Stewart. I think you mean I. I'll give you that. I'll oh, give you that. He's so handsome. Oh my God. Yeah, guys don't know. Ka- Catherine, really? Ka- I know. Catherine know. Hepburn, you know, mm-hmm. him, him and Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> She's flooded. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> the way, sorry. The way he can, and Cece's going to get this, the way Jimmy Stewart can just lean. Mm hmm. And a girl just has to like look up at him to kiss him. Oh my God, Jimmy Stewart. Hey there, Mary. No. <laughs> oh, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was too good, wasn't it? Move on. So okay, yeah, wait. Is that the, is that the guy right there that ends up Mary? What, is that after Mary? Sam Wainwright. Uh, Sam Wainwright. He, okay, he's with Mary before. 
before Jimmy Stewart. Right, mm-hmm. that's right. But luckily, he's rich enough to afford any wife right. that he wants, so it's no big deal. That, that well, Jimmy I think it was the hooker at his New York office that was like leaning. <laughs> no, I'm serious. She's like leaning yeah. over his yeah. uh, shoulder, yeah. and that's why he can't figure out what kind of bean the it's plastic probably, is made out of. It's probably his secretary. Are those secretary, lover, you know, they were one of the same back then. Back then, that was HR and speed dial. Um, Anyway, your point though. The the pool, right? So the floor opens, there's a pool underneath. Okay. Did you wreck? You didn't. So I'm not even going to point. Did you notice who the guy is who turns the key that opens the pool? I mean, I noticed, I don't know who he is beyond the movie. It's Alfalfa. No, it no. isn't. No. It's absolutely alfalfa. It's totally alfalfa. Uh, who, do you know how alfalfa bought it? Was it a gambling? Was he a gambler? Oh, no. he, he, was, he was shot. Yeah. yeah. At a, like a card game or something. You're ruining Th- my child. 31 years old. But I guess this is the you, point yeah, of the Yeah, that's the whole Yeah. Well, that's why you don't, want, you, you don't want to be a child star. <laughs> yeah. 31 years old, it was a, it was an argument over like 50 bucks, which was, you know, I mean, decent money. Like which is $100,000 $100, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a billion dollars. <laughs> you could have built an aircraft carrier for that money. Um, but yeah, oh, so he was shot. Uh, but anyway, no, it was just, that's Alfalfa in the movie. This is like the Damn. last time anybody saw him. Uh. <laughs> it was a bit part. Wow. Where, what, yeah. Yeah, where nobody recognized him. Which, and this is a trope that I love from older movies where, uh, you know, the characters will say, oh, well, I'm not much for dancing. And then they're like, you know, Fred yeah. Astaire and Ginger Rogers just <laughs> traipsing yeah. around. Uh, but Jimmy Stewart was a good singer, too. Like, he, oh, he yeah. was... Well, he played... Uh, He's got a lot of musical credit. I mean, he was uh, Glenn Miller in the Glenn Miller story, which oh, is a fantastic right. movie. Mm-hmm. This movie, it was he didn't want to do this. Um, Why? Well, it was right after the war, and people don't realize Jimmy Stewart flew forty something combat missions. He fought in uh, World War Two and Vietnam, didn't he? No, no, no. Hold on, World War Two. World War II. He, That's hold it. on. Maybe Google lied to me earlier. No, there's no way. He'd been way there. too old <laughs> yeah. for Vietnam. I'm a- Can't trust the internet. Apparently yeah. <laughs> yeah. not. Eat this shit, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> he fought, he fought right World now. War II yeah. and the revolution. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, he was at Thermopylae. Um, he did not fight in Vietnam. Where, point, I'm, point, I'm not buying this. You, you can show me anything on the internet. I'm not believing it. <laughs> That's a tough one. Maybe he was a reservist during that time. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, he was involved in stuff, but it says battles and wars in the Vietnam, Vietnam War. Is he mentioned. Was, no, <laughs> I'm no sorry. Way. Air Force. Yeah. Uh, he may have been. We can look it up in yeah, more. Yeah. We, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Let's don't do a little worry. bit. Let's do a little more research. Because <laughs> yeah. that is an IMDb. Someone yeah. could have just thrown that in. And he fought That's in the true. Gulf War. It's he, the Wikipedia. And he fought in the Clone Wars. And he fought the yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, <Yes>. Palpatine. <laughs> he wasn't any good at the lightsaber, yeah. though. He was a hell of a pilot. Right, 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 right. Uh, but no, but, but he didn't want to do the movie, though, because he had just come off of, um, you know, this... And it, he wasn't like a lot of Hollywood types who were in the service, and they did just, you know, non-combat stuff. Not that there was anything wrong with the people who did that. Jimmy Stewart flew B-24s, and he flew... It was over 40 combat missions, and he didn't want to do this. He was he was like, yeah, it's too soon. I don't I don't feel like especially doing something that's like deep and you know emotional. And it was uh, Barrymore actually convinced him. Yeah, he actually convinced him to do it. 
So we wow. owe we owe this entire movie to Lionel Barrymore. Christmas hat. Which so didn't didn't Barrymore. he also say? Now this is. I didn't recently look this up, but he didn't want his military service to be used in any way, shape, or form for him to get parts or yeah. anything like that. And also, I know Kinda this like for a fact, <laughs> he did pay his agent 10% of his second lieutenant <laughs> second lieutenant Are salary. Are you kidding me? Yes, he did. Aww. That was a deal. <laughs> he, he cut him a check every month for 10% That's because awesome. that was the deal. Wow. That's that awesome. Was deal. Yep. That's adorable. Can you imagine being in the crew of, of Jimmy Stewart's B-24? Oh, that would be... Pretty amazing. I mean, you know, if you're going to be with anyone else, because you got to think, if there's a God, this dude's making it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be with somebody with that kind of, well, do you want somebody with that charisma or do you not? Because the guy with that charisma usually dies in the movie. In the movie, <laughs> yes, in, yes. In the yeah, movie, but yeah. you're, you're going to be at war. Case, be at war with Jimmy Stewart. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, I agree, but that also means you're probably going down. Reggie! He, <laughs> he was... He was like that. My uh, my dad likes to tell the story about whenever he he went to Los Angeles on business years and years ago. You just call it L.A. And, <laughs> enough <laughs> out of you. <laughs> and he went on one of those sort of typical uh, you know tours of the Hollywood stars' homes. Mm -hmm. And so they were going around on this bus, and they go to huge mansion and big mansion after mansion, and they finally pull up to this just normal little house. And he asks, or the tour guide's like, does anybody know who lives here? And everyone thought he was joking. And they said, no, that's Jimmy Stewart's house. And wow. it was just, it was just, a, wow. it was just a modest, average home. This guy could afford anything he wanted, but he just had a simple little home. It was, oh, it was I what he, you know, that's yeah, enough. Don't need any more. Yeah. And that's, that kind of reminds me of Paul Newman. He was always kind of down to earth that way. Uh, and he actually had a house in Roswell. I mean, he really? had- he had it was a spare house in Roswell. Yeah, it was right down the street from where my parents lived. Because uh, a friend of mine I didn't was know there. that. Yeah. Oh. This was years and years ago. Uh, they it's hence been sold. Uh, but uh, Paul Newman was at like a Walgreens or a CVS where a friend of mine was online at the checkout with him, and they dropped their Peter Pan <laughs> peanut butter, and Paul Newman scooped it up oh. and gave it back to him. He was like. <laughs> I mean, it's not mine, but it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Name dropper. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of cool people, Jason. No, uh, I meant him. I meant him. Yeah. I, I was going in a different direction. I have but. my own brand. <laughs> well, you know, the profits go to charity. I'm not going to say which not, charity. It's not as good as my dog food, but it'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do love this vibe between Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. We need we movie. need to talk about Donna Reed. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's amazing. Well... Uh, Epic okay. beauty. Okay, this scene that we just saw, and I apologize, we're not able to really show the the movie because right. of the way the cameras are set up. But this is the scene where Donna Reed threw the rock, and she was threw the rock to break the window, right? Well, because she's on a date with Jimmy Stewart for the first time in her life, and she's been in love with him since they were little children when he was working at the soda right. fountain. So I love you forever. She whispered yeah. in his yeah. ear. This is your bad ear, right, John? But it was funny. <laughs> it, it, was, it was Mary <laughs> and the village bicycle <laughs> sitting right next to each other, right? Violet. Violet. Oh, and I wrote that down, how Violet is uh, wearing that dress where she walks down the street and just stops traffic because she yes. is just so distractingly beautiful. Yeah. Even Jimmy Stewart is like, oh, hello, Violet. Hey, you look good. That's some dress you got on there. And she's like, oh, I'd love to split that open. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this I only wear it when I don't care how I look. And it's just like, shut up, Violet. Hard. You suck. <laughs> and she literally stops traffic. But in this scene, though, in this scene where she throws the rock through the window, Mary, not Violet. Mary. Frank Capra. 
<laughs> Frank Capra actually hired a sharpshooter what? to shoot the window. That is some old school Hollywood. That's right old school there. Hollywood right there. You couldn't do that nowadays. But here's the thing, though. Donna Reed said, uh-uh. I played baseball when I was a girl. She threw the rock and she broke the damn window. Oh, Donna Reed. Nice. There was someone else, and I don't remember who it was, who said something about, well, you're a city girl or something like that. And she was like, I grew up on a farm. Wait, not Donna Reed. Doris. Day. Day. I thought, hold on. Am I mixing up my actresses? Well, this is Donna Reed. Donna Reed. Reed. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking Doris. No, it's Donna Reed. Okay. Dor- Doris Day Doris always worked so with Rock Hudson. She said she played baseball uh, when she grew up. I'm sorry. Okay, and Doris Day d- might have played baseball yeah, too. I mean, if for all <laughs> we know, she did. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the she was she said something about, "Oh, I'm not a city girl. I grew up on a farm." And somebody bet her that she didn't know how to milk a cow, and she was like, "Find a cow." <laughs> <laughs> and she and she milked a goddamn cow well, just to show I know how to do it. Well, and they even did an episode that was kind of dedicated to her on Gilmore Girls, where Rory is like this academia-based person, but then she becomes kind of. What are mess- your thoughts on Rory? Oh, I hate Rory, but um, <laughs> she dressed up like Donna Reed in the in the big Donna Reed dress with the apron and stuff to show her boyfriend that she could cook him dinner or something, and I was like. All right, but then she does all this research, and it turns out Donna Reed was a powerhouse in Hollywood, even in ways that you didn't see. She oh, wasn't yeah. she wasn't just a pretty face, kind of like what you're saying, Jason. She she was like one of the first credited producers, oh, yeah. and like she's just a badass. Well, the Donna Reed show was a monumental success, and she was the powerhouse behind it. She oh, yeah. she was the one who made that show. She was she was she didn't write it, but she was you know oh, in charge of. No, because uh, there's yeah. a joke on one of them where her husband shows up and she's like, oh, you know, I'm not even mad that you're late for dinner. And he's like, oh, really? She goes, no, I'll just consider you extremely early for breakfast. And it, <laughs> it's like, oh. all right, you know, she didn't write that crap. That yeah. was somebody else and she just had to say it. But she was still the powerhouse. Ha- has anyone here? I know you have. We've seen the Donna Reed show. Okay. Have either of you ever seen the Donna Reed show? I Snippets. haven't. Okay. It, it, it's a, genuinely, it was a good show. I've never seen a whole episode. Yeah. So. I mean, it was, it was in that whole, you know, my three sons, right. you know, Fred McMurray's and Donna Reed's ruled the world, gotcha. you know, uh, but it was a really good show and she was a legitimate Hollywood powerhouse. Yeah, she was. And, and she didn't take crap off anybody. And I love it because they've got such a, uh, Daisy May and, um, uh, what am I thinking about? Uh, Jethro, Little Abner. Little Abner. Uh, the uh, Sadie Hawkins Day, where uh, Daisy May is chasing after Little Abner, and he's like, you ain't going to catch me, Daisy May, because <laughs> George Bailey is determined not to stay in this town. He's like, I'm never going to get married, and I'm never doing this. I'm never settling down. And then, of course, he falls for Donna Reed. Yeah. So, but she, she just chases What about him. these? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, and then she's naked in a bush. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's right. Yes. And that does, see, that doesn't uh, even get him to say it. Took, uh, it took a tragedy yeah, to get him to go away from her. Yeah. A bird in the hand. Um, <laughs> and on that note, we need to take a, a break. break. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be back in about one second. And we're back. And during the break, Uh-oh. someone uh, aliens took over our sound down. system. Would you please press the power button, button, button on the speaker, speaker, speaker? Uh, the horizontal thing. 
Yes. There we God. go. Wow. Which how how did that turn that on? That was a real treat. It did Once that again, during James possessed Bond. Possessed by Satan. It's possessed by Satan. Yes. Like the, the Ace Krampus. Back. Yes. Yeah, it actually Krampus. it heard me saying that. The Krampus yeah. came and took over uh, for uh, our next Christmas movie. During okay. the one second we were on break. Because it was just eight, the one second. It was just one second. <laughs> uh, there was uh, there was a discussion that broke out about who are the leading men of our generations. Because Plural. in yeah. this timeline yeah. with the Jimmy Stewart's, the Cary Grant's, the John Humphrey Hamm. Bogart's, yeah. the sorry, you know, uh, th- no, that's a, that, no, hang, that's I'll that's good. <laughs> that's sorry, that's a very. I think John Hamm could easily be Mm-mm. not it, not on a Jimmy Stewart. Level. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just well, but they're not all Jimmy Stewart. I mean, there were a bunch of leading men. There's only one Jimmy Stewart. No, no, yes. no. But like, yeah. I'm yes. talking yeah, about or, comparatively speaking. Yeah. So like Jimmy Stewart. Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant were like universally loved. There wasn't a, a woman in the country that would be like, ah, I don't like Jimmy Stewart or ah, I don't like Cary Grant. It, I'm trying to think of somebody who's universally loved. Well, let's right define now. a leading man. Let's define the terms. And I think that okay. a leading man is somebody who he can headline a movie. You know, it's basically, oh, it's a new so and so picture. And right? you'll go see it. Strong like, moral compass. Yes. The ladies love him. So and the gay it. men, I'm, you know, even, you know, if, he's, even if he's bad, yeah. he's good inside. Right. Women want to yeah. be with him, men want to be him, kind of a guy. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some men want to be with him. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there you, you go. Know, men <laughs> men want to be him. <laughs> women want to be him to be in them. Wait, no, what? sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Move on. Uh, <laughs> racy. So okay, so it no leading men. That. Like I would say, for my generation, we we had a few people that came close. You know, we had Harrison Ford. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've got Costner. two women okay. here who can give you uh, the Yeah, yeah, answer. Kevin Costner. That's Mel a, Gibson, not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> whoa, whoa now. <laughs> I am going to I am gonna see Fat Man when it comes out, though. Don't, don't talk about that damn movie. That, that, <laughs> I'm in full denial that that's happening. No, I, I, that, that to me is, is, is good. No, no um, I still want to die between your thighs. Tom whatever. Hanks. I I would say that Tom Hanks, huh. and this is going to be controversial, but I think that the closest my generation ever had to Jimmy Stewart was mm. Tom Hanks. As far as like the rugged meets the charm, the the sort of everyman folksy, but also a hero. You know, yeah, like, I buy that. Yeah, know, because I, I'm like, not saying he's him, but I think he's the closest we got to it. As in, there's not a you know movie I wouldn't watch with Tom right. Hanks in it. And, and you know, same with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, he plays a military guy. He yeah. plays a business. He plays everything. Yeah, he and can do anything. Talented to boot, so it's not just the same like <laughs> Arnold movie that yeah. you go see over exactly. and over yeah. and over again. Uh, yeah. not, Tom Hanks yeah. plays different roles, and he time. has the humor, which is important. Yeah, that's what for I'm saying. Yes. He's got the charisma yeah. And, yeah. and the you know he can be yeah. rugged. If he and needs you to. have the impression because the thing about Jimmy Stewart was you always got the impression that what you were seeing on screen was very similar to him in real life. Yes, like you want to have absolutely. a beer with him. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yeah. And see, and that's what I used to always say about Mel Gibson before the anti-Semitism thing. Because I'm just gonna gloss right before over that. <laughs> his breakdown, I used to always say Mel Gibson was the guy in Hollywood that I wanted to have a beer with. I yeah. thought, yeah, oh. come on, man, I want to go hang out with Mel Gibson. Hell yes, yeah. probably no. <laughs> and, and and now, as as we said, it's really leading women. It's like yeah. Uh, yeah. you know Jennifer Lawrence. Um, oh heck yeah, Zoe Deschanel. The, the, those uh, are the those are the people. Who's you, the uh, you actress from Twilight? 
No. Not Kristen no. Stewart. No, 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 no but I, I, I have news. Oh. Oh, news. Does it pertain to the movie? News, news. No, not a bit. News. Okay. <laughs> Kristen Stewart. I saw a movie, a Kristen Stewart movie that is a brand new movie called Underwater. It's a, it's a love. It was billed as a Lovecraftian science fiction horror movie. Really? I yes. don't even understand <clears throat> what that means. Do tell. I do, but yeah. it just doesn't seem to fit with her. I, I would actually like everyone to go watch this movie and see if they have the same reaction. Underwater. I have never in my life seen a movie that I sat through from beginning to minute 97 and the closing credits and had no reaction to. No <laughs> sensation, <laughs> nothing. What, what he means nothing. by that you is mean that you were dead inside. I, it was literally. <laughs> Oh, the credits. <laughs> Movie's over now. Time for sleep. Because this man, you have to understand, Cece, he has a, he has a damn opinion about everything. So Nothing. So that's, that's a miracle Nothing. that he didn't yeah. have a reaction. It was the cinematic version yeah. of Sorbet. Wow. No, yes. I don't so know vanilla ice means. cream without the flavor. Like, <laughs> a palate cleanser. I like Sorbet. Yeah. It's a, a palate cleanser. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It was like I watched, you know, the Holy Mountain, then watch Underwater, and then you can watch something else. Then back to shivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. exactly. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> it's like why? I don't know. Uh, I can't help myself. It's literally if you're hungry He's smoking. for love. Look, oh, Jimmy Stewart oh, is smoking. I've lost all respect for him. <laughs> Never Screw happens. You. Anymore. I'm just kidding. Said the guy who was trying to smoke a gum cigarette. This, on our this movie. Podcast. This movie. There was actually a list somewhere on the internet where somebody. Uh, there was. Marlboro, Camel, Lucky Strikes, um, Paul Mall. There were like six. Newport, maybe? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah I wonder uh, who was vying to be the cigarette of this. No, they were movie. all in it. No, the, they all oh, paid. All of, them, all oh, of okay. them paid to have their which is amazing because you think nowadays Coca Cola would never pay any more to be one of the sodas. It had it to, be to be the exactly. Soda. Yeah. That's yeah. the truck that yeah. Superman's getting thrown exactly. into. Damn it! Yeah. Well, if you want the the funniest thing, and I love James Bond. Okay, I love the Bond franchise, but the thing that I always find hilarious is the fact that every electronic device in the James Bond universe is made by Sony. His phone is a Sony phone. I never picked up his on watch that. is a Sony watch. Everything has Sony written on it. Leave it to a dude to. Notice that kind of. <laughs> well, no, it's just after a while you're like, Jesus, who has this phone? You know. Um, but enough. back then, though, it was cigarette makers were like, oh, we'll pay you a little bit of money, put new ports in there, put, yeah. you know, Paul Mall, put Lucky Strikes. Well, and that's the thing is that, like, they don't even really. Jimmy Stewart smoked Lucky Strikes, by the way. Aw. Very nice. Because he was a serviceman. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'm with you. But, Cece, let me just interrupt all of this guy talk to say, uh, do you remember when men used to dress like this, like Jimmy yes. Stewart in the, I, the suits and. Just oh, mm-hmm. one time. Oh, for the one love of God. time. <laughs> he did it ladies, ladies, I'm here for you. That's uh, okay. Well, I wish yes. you still did. Yeah. I would. A, I would. I would love to go out to dinner mm-hmm. dressed like that. Because what is a, my what, husband says the same thing. Yeah, he, he dressed like that for the our wedding with a bow tie though. Uh, they had a gas. You know. You know what I wedding. miss, or not what I miss because it was before my time, but hats. <laughs> I've got pictures of, of my grandparents, right? And, you know, and you know, your grandparents as old people. And you look at these pictures of them when they're young and he's got a fedora. Yeah. And, so so, and yeah. he looks like mm-hmm. such a badass. Mm-hmm. He looks like you he's going to go hit up a bank or yes. something. <laughs> or shoot the guy who's robbing the bank. Yeah. yeah one or the other. Either way. <laughs> but it, uh, what did Carrie and Big say on Sex and the City, Cece? Uh, they should I'm bring out. back the watch fob. And the coat and tie, like oh, yeah, the, the yeah. fancy way of dressing. Exactly. Uh, they need the watch 
uh, bag. Like it. That's uh, oh I, god. Well, that, no, that's why the Notebook. That's why women fell in love with Ryan Gosling worldwide because he was dressed like Jimmy freaking Stewart. Wait, which one was mm. Deadpool? Ryan I always, Reynolds. I always get my Ryan's confused. So going back, going back to that. Ryan so McNeil. the main, the leading man. Yeah, Ryan Gosling could pass for that. I, I would think. say Ryan yeah. Gosling is definitely yeah. in that category. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is too because he's got a little more charisma. He's a little fire. Yes. I think. Yes. I think Ryan Reynolds. Could Ryan Reynolds yeah. definitely. I could, yeah. 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 I think Ryan Reynolds is our that. man. Um, you know, in college, it's funny you say that about the watch fobs though, because in college, all of my, me and all my friends, we all had pocket watches. It was this weird. It was this weird. I mean, there was a time when we were listening to like Squirrel Nuts. We talked about this song. Yeah, Squirrel Nuts Zippers, Zippers, yeah. Big uh, Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yes, yeah. What uh, what movie? Cherry Poppin' Daddies. What movie, though, were we talking about? Oh, Clueless. No. Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, where Squirrel yeah, Nuts Zippers yeah. were, yeah. But, but yeah, so, you know, we tried and failed. <laughs> we tried to bring it back. Hey, Lou Bega tried to and, bring it back. And, if he can't, but, nobody can. But I will say this. We were all into Sinatra and the Rat Pack and the Watch Fobs and everything, and none of us got laid. So <laughs> at a certain point, we've, have, so we've, that, done, we've done our part, ladies. That's why you didn't get laid. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that. The government subsidizes things. I think women could, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, say, I say try it with your current wife and see if you get laid a lot more. That's, That's what I say. That we're gonna That's we're gonna shoot right past that one. Because everybody in the room is married except for me. So look she's, how red she's... Jason has become. Why is that? Do you think? What's making you flush? I'm like alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that money. <laughs> that Sorry. took a turn. Hey, alfalfa. Anyway. <laughs> you wonder if his hair was standing. <laughs> yeah, this is where at the point of the movie. Uh, they don't this get is it. where it's seriously little Abner and Daisy May because. Mary is gunning for George so hard. hard. Like yes. hardcore. She's making it so obvious that, that she a, likes him. It's a nice dress. Just, yes. just going to say that. it's a. But she drew this well beautiful made. picture for him. I know, him. right? But it's in, this scene, the moon. it's in this scene where he's so angry, wants to get out, and then he breaks down and just starts making out with her. Like I'm so mad. <laughs> I, I, I could just the game screw. she has to play. <laughs> you know, it, well, because and she's being as forward as you can really yes, be yes. at this time in this age without being an absolute whore. Yeah, like she, she's sitting on the bed with the with the airplane landing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's just at first he's just being kind of upright about it. You know, oh well, she's got a phrasing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she he's being a pretty you know upstanding guy where he's like well she's with sam and his mom i love this about the it's a universal truth with moms when they want their kids to find somebody hang on a second we've got to roll this back a little bit i thought we weren't allowed to show the movie because we're we, well we can't angles. because of the camera but but i want everyone in the studio to hear just about it? just watch in this sequence just watch jimmy stewart's eye line Okay. Okay. Where is he looking? Okay. Where'd you get oh that dress? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my! He was not making no. eye contact. No. Not at all. They're up yeah. here, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're that tall, you just sort of lean. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good vantage point. Okay. He glanced at he's her eyes for a moment. Her, yeah. I, he's not looking at her eyes, folks. She's, she, she's not now wearing that particular dress to get him to look at her. Eyes no, exactly. Because <laughs> Donnery's a player. Yeah. She, yeah, they're both. Like, oh yeah. Now, how old is Jimmy Stewart in this film? 
Do you know? Oh, let's he, Google it. Thirty-five. Yeah, but you guys don't believe in Google because so. he played a. <laughs> he plays from an like, eighteen-year-old. Yeah, like wasn't eighteen he? all the way up, and she's twenty. Like twenty five. Yeah, oh. He's supposed to be like post college yeah. age, and she's no. And here she's eighteen because he specifically he was asked four her. Years. He was like, "How old are you anyway?" And she goes, well, eighteen. And he's like, "Well, last year you're only seventeen. And she's like, "Oh, is that a bad age?" He goes, "No, it suits you." <laughs> like, it's just, and it's cute. It's and then he took a cigarette forth. out and he flicked it in her face. <laughs> oh, she went, take me. He did the nineteen forties. And he's so standoff. It's all about the suit. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think the, person he's rudest and most standoffish with in the entire movie is Mary. Yes. Because she, she's sitting yes. there and she's like, she's just like, well, hey, Jimmy Stewart. And he's like, still smells like pine needles in here. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, George lassos the moon. He's like, oh, is this some kind of joke? Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck here. Okay, so Jimmy Stewart was born in 1908. So uh, in 40, what? I'm not doing, I'm not doing, I'm not doing math. 47, he would have been 38, right? Yeah. So, I'll be right uh, back. I don't know about Donna Reed, but uh, in the movie, she's supposed to be 18. And he's supposed to be about 24-ish, somewhere thereabouts. So, because he worked for a while before he was yeah. even supposed to go to college. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he's been working even longer. So, he's in his mid-20s in this timeline. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Uh, he's here's, making here's, violent love, love to, to me, me, mother. Mother. And, and mother just doesn't him. Yeah. She's like, whatever. <laughs> Sam Wainwright's on the phone. Well, the mom is so excited. Well, because it's funny what moms will let you get away with, depending on how eligible The Bachelor. Uh, mm-hmm. And Mrs. Maisel mm-hmm. actually makes a really good joke about this where she's like my mother always said that your you know your garden is sacred and you know water it but behind a fence or whatever I'm badly paraphrasing I don't even know but what they, that means uh, I mean don't <laughs> sleep with a guy but if you do make it very very subtle so that very no, discreet but, yeah, very yeah. discreet about it and uh, she was like but then this really eligible rich uh, bachelor came along and my mother was like Helping him. Here, let me give you a boost over the fence. Like, yeah. there's my daughter. Go get her. Like, Meanwhile, it, guys are going, Ata. <laughs> Ata. <laughs> Zardoz. But, <laughs> so Mary is sitting there, and she's laying every, not even trap. She's just making it so known that she wants to be with George. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful. She's eligible. And when that works, she tries to make him jealous. And that works. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then what? really works is that they just they lean into each other and yeah, he just they're just a little too close just starts kissing. to resist. Yeah. yeah. You smell good. So the reason he's so grumpy here is because he just was waiting for his brother to get back, finds out he's up for a new job and he's not going to come back and rescue him from the building alone. Cuz Harry and was supposed to come back. That's why he's so back. grumpy when he goes over there. Yeah. yeah. And, and meanwhile his, his mother's like shoving him on Mary and he's like Mary's got a boyfriend and she goes, "Oh, who cares? Just go over and see her." To the point where the mother calls ahead and is like, "Mary, my boy's coming over to see you," even <laughs> though she has no idea that he really intends to go and see her. <laughs> so, oh, but the, the, this right here, this is some classic uh, romance in older movies where you don't have to have like a full makeout scene. They do end up making out, but just the, them leaning into each his other. Nose it's is so, touching her hair. Yeah, well, and it's just J- Jimmy Stewart. Enough. Jimmy Stewart was very reluctant to do this scene. Why? He just he again. It's I do the scene with Jimmy Stewart. My well, God. yeah, it, it was it was this. They filmed this actually a little earlier because okay. the, the the way they filmed this movie. First of all, they had to build a set that literally took up, I think, seven acres. The house? No, the whole town. Oh, oh, okay. Every single, like, th- every single thing that you see in this movie <laughs> was, was constructed. And in fact, they, 
I'm sorry, our possessed HVAC <laughs> unit is, has a yeah, position uh, on this it's subject. Going, <sighs> yes, Satan. Um, Krampus is coming for us, but we have Christmas spirit. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Krampus. Um, no, but they had to build this entire set. They had to build Bedford Falls. Right. And in fact, there's actually a subdivision that's in Bedford Falls now, and it is so irritating that they didn't name it Bedford Falls. What did what? they name it? I don't know, but it's not called Bedford Falls. What it's like, you built hell? a subdivision on Bedford Falls, you idiot. Stewartville is the only acceptable one. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. yeah. George Baileyville. They're- With a plaque that says, here in 1946, yeah, he banged on a Yeah, they didn't call it Pottersville, did they? Baileyville is the only acceptable Or maybe Hooterville. Yeah, Hooterville. Yeah. But they, <laughs> when, but when they, the, you know, you you don't think of a movie like this as being a movie that like sort of breaks ground from a production side. There's no special effects. That's true. Mm-hmm. You don't but think there, about, the but there are you, right. Because first of all, the entire movie was filmed in the summertime. Back when men would just shake you before uh, they kissed you. My yeah, fake <laughs> snow. He's going crazy. Fake, the fake snow. What they what they were using the industry standard at the time <laughs> was cornflakes spray painted or painted white. So bearer bonds. Yeah, bearer bonds. <laughs> Floating out yeah. Nakatomi Tower. But the problem with cornflakes painted white is that when you do that, you can't record dialogue because of the oh, sound. Because so obviously if you, if you throw cornflakes out, there's a yeah, lot of noise. Yeah, it's like throwing noise. rice. There's going to be like and, a... And so Frank Capra... Oh, speaking of which. Yeah, Frank Capra <laughs> basically said, if we're going to do this movie, we have to come up with an entirely new way of making fake snow. And Frank they ever did that? Yeah, and for, well, he he's the one who said you guys got to figure it out. Well, he was the impetus behind yeah. the. Okay. And so, like, if you've ever gone to any place that has fake snow and it's basically uh, soap, like mm-hmm. soap bubbles, mm-hmm. this movie invented that. And in fact, I said earlier it didn't win an Academy Award. It, it did. Have. It did for for that special effects of all things, which it is won, amazing. I'm, won, not, I'm not yeah, taking away from that. Yeah, it won a class three. I, I literally think that's what they call them. It's oh it's a God. class three Academy Award, technical award for the snow. I think his hesitation wow. slowly and, melted away uh, with kissing Donna Reed after a while because Jimmy Stewart is going for is it. Is that Ernie? No, that's Bert. Yeah, Bert. Yeah, that's no, Bert. Uh, no, that's Bert. Bert. Is the uh, Ernie's the yeah. cop. Yeah, Ernie's the cop. Yeah, yeah Bert's Ernie's the, the cop. Bert and Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the few well-known facts about this yes. movie is that you have the original Bert oh. and Ernie. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Here's, that's the other, here's the thing about that, though. According to the people who... Oh, the cab drivers are? According mm-hmm. to the people at Sesame Street, not Jim Henson. Jim Henson never went on the record about it. Nobody Apparently, nobody ever asked him. Mm-hmm. According right. to the people at Sesame Street, Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street are absolutely not named... It's a total coincidence. That both couples are obviously gay together. That the two gay couples <laughs> are named Bert and Ernie. They oh, swear up and down that Jim Henson had, he he was not the sort of person who would do that. Nope, there was a complete coincidence, just came up with Bert and Ernie on their own. I believe I, I have a hard time. Well, that secret is going to stay here because I tell everyone that that's where Bert and Ernie came from. I, I told my kids when we watch it. Yeah, see, Bert I and Ernie? Definitely that's they got it from Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see. I, I'm I'm inclined to go with you because I don't see how it's possible. But uh, Jason, go back to your point a minute ago where we're talking about Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart. Why was he hesitant to film the scene where he was kissing it was, her? For it the was it was uh, it was it was this post war thing. He he didn't want to get into the emotions. Oh, so the same reason and, is yeah. why he didn't want to do the movie to begin with. Yeah, and the way they did that kiss, they actually 
at first, Frank Capra was like, look, Jimmy, just give her a kiss, and then we'll cut it. Lure no him in, Reed. See what you can do. They ended <laughs> up, but they ended up with a kiss that was actually, and again, 1946, they ended up having to cut the scene. Because the censors were going to have a problem with it. Oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's actually, I mean, you know, there's footage somewhere, I guess. It's definitely an iconic yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you know, his- uh, Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart played these characters three times. Really? Yep. What else? They did the exact same thing on two radio shows. They did the entire... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. I think Beulah Bondi was Jimmy Stewart's mother in like multiple movies too. She was. Yeah. Okay. So you can't yeah. even go on his honeymoon. Poor no. Guy. Life throws another wrench, but in that, his plans to travel. It does. So yet another wrench, like what you're saying, CC. So the uh, building and loan is about to be taken down because the stock market crashes and mm-hmm. everybody's Michael losing Milken. their money. It's like the Truman Show. Is that Show? Herbert Hoover portrait <laughs> oh, in the background? Yeah, that's yeah. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But, well, and you notice that. Uh, um, What's the angel's name? Clarence's Claire. boss. His name is Franklin. Oh, yeah. I did not. Yeah, know. It's, it's okay, not too subtle. A little, <laughs> yeah. a it's not there. subtle, but you know that uh, Jimmy Stewart's mom. So George's mom was right about Mary because she's trying to push him on Mary and say like, "Hey, that's the kind of girl who will give you the right answers or take you in the right direction." Mm-hmm. And when the stock market crashes and he has to try and figure out how to save the town, she is the one who puts up their honeymoon money, not mm-hmm. him. He doesn't offer that, so she actually comes up with that solution. And he, I love how he negotiates with everybody because they're all coming in saying, well, I have this much money in here, and I want this much money back. And he's like, no, no come on now. How much do you need to make it through the week? Classic and, Frank Capra. Why so? <clears throat> There's a point where um, – oh, wait, no, no, no. That's the ending. I'm sorry. Where the script said certain numbers, right? Okay. And Frank Capra told the extras, when you go in there – Jimmy has been doing the lines with 17. Don't say 17. Say like 1726, 1750 or whatever, just to throw him off. Okay. So that I can get a natural reaction from Jimmy. Because he went for it. He's like, oh, well, here you go. Here's a quarter. Like, you hear him responding to that. that, Yeah, and that's what he's doing. Capra threw him off the whole time. So he would just sort of like, think there's one, like he kisses somebody, (laughs) you know, and it's like, it's just there because Frank Capra knew. I got to have it spontaneous. Because remember, Aww. what was Frank Capra doing the four or five years prior to this movie? Um, please tell us. What was going on? I'm World liking. War II. World War II. Okay. He was cinema verite before cinema verite even existed. Okay. Because he was out there. Nice he was, use of verite. Thank you. <laughs> he, was, um, he, was, uh, uh, he was out there, you know, filming actual combat. And he, felt, oh, that's right. yeah. and he fell in love with this, with the fact that he was looking at just people who had never acted a day in their lives, giving these incredible performances just because of the circumstances. And so he got it in his head, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to throw circumstances at the actors. And if they're good enough, they'll just roll with it and you get gold. Wow. Yeah. Which is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Smart. I did not know that. So um, here it is, that iconic scene where all the people are demanding their money back. And Potter is trying to throw a wrench, another wrench, into the wrench that's already being, you know, thrown into Jimmy Stewart's life by saying that he'll pay 50 cents on the dollar on people's loans to get, you know, get them back on their feet. And But no, Jimmy Stewart and his wife actually give up their own money and they wind up 
building, rebuilding the town yeah. and making it bigger and better than it ever was before. And so it's kind of funny because you have this ambitious guy who always thought that he was meant for better things, but he's the only reason why this town is what it is. Yeah. And uh, he just doesn't see that throughout most of his life that without him, without that ambition, without that drive, without that creativity that he has to build bridges or, or build a, uh, you know, what does he say? The build a bridge like a mile long yeah. and yeah. Uh, build buildings that go way up into the sky. Like it, you don't have to do that to be great. You just yeah. have to, like his dad was saying, he's like, well, dad, I don't want to be stuck in this stuffy old office. And his dad was like, well, I feel like I build dreams in my stuffy little office. Yeah. And that's what he ends up doing without even realizing it. He's he, just putting his. You have to, you have it. to wonder if somebody like Jeff Bezos ever sits back and realizes that he's Mr. Potter, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, like, is there a part of, you know, cause there are, there are so many Mr. Potters in the oh, world. Yeah. Yeah. And you There's just Mr. have to Harry wonder, Potter. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> now. Not it now. It even says Always. HP on the yes, carriage. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But you have to wonder at, at a certain point in time, like if Jeff Bezos watches It's a Wonderful Life, does he either not get it or does he root for Mr. Potter? <laughs> well, well, they say that the wealthier you become, the less empathetic you become yeah, with I could people. See that. So, you I, know, think, I think he just watches yeah. it, sits there with absolutely no reaction and then goes to sleep. Kind of yeah. like... Yeah, you know, yeah. the 2020 <laughs> film kind Underwater, like, starring Kristen Stewart. There you go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> kind of like with Ferris Bueller, <laughs> where when you're growing up, you're a kid and you cheer for Ferris, and then you get a little bit older and you cheer for Cameron, and yeah. then you get a little bit older and you cheer for Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what happened to me? He's not a righteous dude. <laughs> He's breaking all the rules. That's disrespectful, punk. <laughs> and you know what? Those people in Footloose shouldn't be dancing. And so there is put a baby in a corner. She yeah, needs a put her in the corner. She yeah. needs an aspirin it's, it's and a glass of water. Who puts baby in the corner? I do. <laughs> right. But speaking of uh, like difference in perspective at age, like uh, that was what I was wondering about Jimmy Stewart, and I didn't know if that's where you were going, Jason, where he was like, you know, reticent to do the scene with uh, Donna Reed because they're, they're 13 years different in age. So yeah, I didn't no, know if that was what it, it was. It was more emotional. It was, literally just, it, was, it was literally just like he, I mean, you know, look, the guy had been at war for a long time. Yeah. Like everybody. How long was he in? I mean, he was in for, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he was in for, I'm sure. Uh, Probably three or four three years. Three or four years, you know. Okay. Clearly he wasn't drafted. Um, oh. You know, no. um, he volunteered and he specifically wanted that uh, combat role. But, it you know coming off of all of that and then doing something like this and it's a very deep heavy movie especially you know like we talked about earlier most of the movie is a big downer mm -hmm. and then at the end everything comes back around but no yeah. but he yeah it was it was an emotional thing well then to that end mr brown what made you want to get into the acting genre after you had been uh in the Navy for so long. <laughs> okay, well, well, first of all, let's well be played, <laughs> Well played. Let's be very clear. Sitting I made on a, it relevant. Sitting on a submarine, you know, at the depth of 500 feet and six knots to nowhere is not quite as the same as flying combat missions. You say and six knots to nowhere? Yeah, six knots to nowhere. <laughs> blowing people to smithereens. Is that the name of your uh, yeah. autobiography? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Six knots to nowhere. That's it. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna, you just won the episode. You're, you are getting a book cover now, sir. And I'm putting it on our social media. <clears throat> Bantam Double Day Dell Audio presents Six Knots to Nowhere. To nowhere. <laughs> Narrated by Jason Mitchell. Sounded like an NPR episode there. 
But I you know it's just something I always wanted to do, and I had a lot of time to think about it while I was at <laughs> six knots to nowhere. Well, I wouldn't say that it's not the same. I mean, what about the megalodons and the mermaids? That's and true. Stuff? Like that's a threat. <clears throat> that's true. True, and I did you have to fight the uh, large squid. Yes. They were, they were yeah. tough. You well, know? And, and don't forget, they didn't like, attack James Bond because yeah. you beat the crap out of it and it got away. Which and, is and, you and electrify for, the hull. Yeah. Remember that. That's what you do. And well, don't forget, Bob Ballard said the sea is always trying to kill your ass. That's you know, true. It's one mistake, one mistake, and they were all dead. So you know, it looks it looks perfectly calm. Well, well but thank you've you. got a billion, billion, billion gallons of water trying to kill you. So and that's you know. what it is. And, and I'll tell you that the most scary thing is once you look around and you don't see shore anywhere you know? <laughs> yeah. you're like oh wait yeah. this is for real yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, why that I don't was... go any farther than like waist deep yeah. into the ocean oh we've talked about that because uh, oh CC <laughs> is not aware of this we're oh, actually going true. to be going uh, shark diving yeah cage diving with the sharks at the Georgia Aquarium next year fun and, sounds real fun uh, we think we'll so we'll take pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but thrill seekers. But the guys have talked about that work because they're both scuba certified. I'm not, and uh, Jason's always compared it to. There's a different level of danger to being waist deep in the water and not knowing what might be around you versus actually being under the water and seeing totally the sharks. And it, uh, like I wouldn't yeah. know the difference because totally I've never, never been in that scenario. Yeah. But I don't see how that's any less scary because <laughs> there's still a freaking shark right there. Yeah. So well, when you're waist deep, you're prey. You're just prey. That's what some, yeah. I was just at the aquarium because I, I did see the new uh, exhibit. And Kramer. Because uh, <laughs> I sent you pictures and you were like, are you at Jerry Seinfeld's house? <laughs> I saw the new sharks at the uh, aquarium and uh, the guy who was actually working there, he told me, he was like, yeah, I've been on a dive. And for the most part, the sharks that you're around, they're not much bigger than you are. They're only like six feet. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's larger than me. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, still though, you're not. I'm you're imagining Chris Elliott. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Michael. He's very cool. And he was like, but the thing is, Michael. you're about their, Michael, <laughs> but you're about their size. So you're not really worth their effort. Right. If that makes sense. And I was like, oh, I've never well, thought about it that way. That's but that's a nine foot tiger shark that I just yeah. saw swim past. So well, I'm not sure about that. Well, that's why, that's why I grew up why sharks are so scary because most of the time when they kill people I'm it's, it's because of a curiosity bite that's why most people Think get about, <laughs> yeah, exploratory biting yeah, exploratory and then, I was just an officer I just wanted to see what it was you know <laughs> I was just sampling the Baskin Robbins sir that's we, all we, I was doing we, we, are, we are up to another break so okay. we do have to take a quick break we'll be back in about one second exactly and we are back Yay. in the Baileyville it's good to be back. Much and better than a Hooverville. Yes. Uh, so yeah. George Bailey, we get to the point in the movie where he has... <laughs> Does anyone not know how this ends? <laughs> and we see well, that... Well, you were the one saying that not many people have seen this movie, evidently. But they still so. know how it ends. We see that Mary gets her wish, <laughs> that God favored Mary. Uh, and when she <laughs> threw a rock into the house and... She got her wish to marry George Bailey. He oh, did not we, get his wish to leave Bedford Falls. Yes. We didn't uh, talk about that. Jason talked about the uh, sharpshooter who shot in the windows. But the yeah. point of it was that when George and Mary were on their first date, there's this old house that the lore is that if you throw a rock and break a window and make a wish, your wish will come true. Mary wished to live in the house that they were, you know, destructing. And George wished to get the hell out of Dodge. And like Cece was saying, well, there's all meth and heads and... <laughs> Well, and of course, anymore. I love the old guy that was said, just kiss the girl for God's sake. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Quit Youth is wasted on the wrong people. Yeah, I wrote that down. I love that quote. Youth it is, is wasted true. on the wrong people. 
because it's and I love Jimmy Stewart's comeback and Mary was just like it was kind of me uh, hearing that I'm being put on a plane a minute ago off camera insiders because the Jimmy Stewart's like oh you want to see some kissing I'll show you some kissing likes which you've never seen and Mary's like whoa what I didn't volunteer for this and come on bend like, over lady <laughs> go. I'm gonna show these bastards what's up uh, but then she gets uh, somewhat demure and loses yeah. her robe <laughs> and then they get married <laughs> Clearly a prophylactic. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't make yeah. plastic out of beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You just won the episode. <laughs> well done, Darth. Thank well you. done. Maybe that's why he could, you know, chili beans or soybeans, whichever bean was better. Don't Sam kill the lily you want. Sam yeah. chose wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so we... You know, George becomes a progress, progressively uh, more irritating thorn in Mr. Potter's side. Yeah. Because the building and loan just won't go under. Won't go right. away. Mm-hmm. He owns everything. By the way, if you were going to play a part in this movie, wouldn't you want to play Mr. Potter? I know you would. It would look yeah. how much, I mean, he just looks like he's having so much fun. I want to really have to do Potter's the eyebrows bo- up, bodyguard. You know? Yeah. I just stand yeah. there like lurch. <laughs> now, this fellow looks so familiar. I've seen him in so many things. Oh, there, there are so many character oh, actors yeah. in this movie. Like, you know, like the Beverly Hillbillies well, or something. Um, but let's finish talking about your question. So yeah, what's you, your question? You would play Potter's bodyguard. Okay, well, yeah, so <laughs> we answer that. Yeah, Mr. Potter. Yeah, Potter. <laughs> who would you play? I'd definitely be Donna Reed. Well, who doesn't want to be Donna Reed? I, <laughs> I want to be, be Donna Violet. Reed. <laughs> you kind of walked into that one. You are such. A you bitch. saw no, you, that you one. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm more of a Donna Reed in real life, so I would be Violet. There you go to play something yes. different. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not really. I'm going to be the drunk Violet uncle. Really. <laughs> the drunk Aren't uncle. You it's, an, it's an achievable goal. <laughs> you see, it's an NAR, they say. Yeah. No acting required. Right. Yes. I want to be Sam just so I hee-haw. can say hee haw. <laughs> it is that from the show Hee Haw? Is that why they're doing that? No. Or is that just their, like, uh, no. you know, no, no, no. Town. I know what that, it's their hometown yeah. thing, but like, is it just because it's a donkey mm-hmm. thing? Or like, mm-hmm. that, we're all listening. That's it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't that's have the mascot with, thing, right? It doesn't <laughs> have anything to do with the show. There's no relevance the to it. The show didn't exist back then. It didn't? No. Okay. No, Hee Haw. Hee Haw came in the that. 60s. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. This so. was 1946, 47. No, b- before LSD existed, we couldn't have Hee Haw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there had to be marijuana. Well, actually, there was shitloads of marijuana because every single person oh. in this movie smoked marijuana. That's what I should have brought, cigars. Yeah. Um, and that's, oh my gosh, that is such a... Um, a power, uh, what, a power yes, play. Yes, I love this. Well, it's like yeah. Winston Churchill that Jason, uh, that Jason told us yeah. about the story with the parrot. So, uh, Cece, if you don't know this, Winston Churchill apparently had a parrot in his office that was there simply to intimidate anybody that he wanted to intimidate. So it would, like, yell curse words. Yeah. And these uptight British people were like, oh, my. If we, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know how to do that. Stars. Whereas Mr. Potter's a little more subtle. Rock He's Fanny. <laughs> Rock nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, crackers. (laughs) No, but Mr. Potter's a little more subtle in the fact that he just has a chair that you sink into to make you Mm -hmm. seem like a smaller guy. It's about a foot lower than his. Barrymore did not, uh, originally, whenever uh, they were sort of establishing how the movie was going to be shot, he didn't care for the look, the the costume, the makeup, and everything. Why? He said it, 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 it felt just mean but not menacing. And he mm. wanted something that was menacing in a way that wasn't really threatening. Gotcha. And so he went to the uh, to the makeup people and the costumers, and he said, "I want 
American Gothic. Okay. He looks the like painting. Donald Trump from behind. You know, the, the, <laughs> no, the, but, no, just seriously he, with his hair. The the way way over? Yeah, the way it's columned, yeah. But he, he yeah, like he President specifically Trump. wanted to do an American Gothic look because he always, he said, that guy looks menacing and mean, but you're not really ever going to be scared of the American Gothic guy, and that's mm-hmm. that's the look that we have. Oh, it does sort of yeah. look like the Phantasm guy, too. Boy! Yeah. 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 He's got the head hair going yeah. on. It's Scrim. like Donald Trump and the Phantasm guy had a baby. It's all in the eyebrows. Oh, I him, love though. his eyebrows. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're very expressive. The scowl. The barrymore. He's, he's, he's like Eugene Levy. Oh, yeah. man. The, the man oh, with... Oh, my God. The mo- <laughs> That was... Spot on. That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> My you, David Rose. Have you, have you seen the uh, the Schitt's Creek uh, greeting cards? I have not. Uh, yeah, I'll have to find those. Oh my god, Ted. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Is that on there? Yeah, and it's like congratulations on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Alexis, we don't have time for the baby. I it's like spooky show. how good you are at that. <laughs> They're all very distinct, so it's, yeah. it's relatively easy to do. Yeah. I've always been curious about that line. He, this line he says, uh, you've been playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Garlic uh, eaters was it's a, a derogatory insult. term yeah. for I'm Italians. I'm sure it was back then, yeah. yeah. Oh, for Italians. Yeah, because uh, yeah. uh, Martini okay. uh, is the guy who owns the bar, and he's like, Hey, uh, Mr. Bailey. And he's like, yeah, yes, all, yes. They're very uh, Italian. Good old Those fashion Italians racism. And their spaghetti. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what is some spaghetti? I'm going to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> teach my mom how to use an <laughs> iPad. Well, and like, that's hilarious too because like, and they kind of went sore, you know, with some racism, <laughs> even with George, because when he's getting these Italian people a new house, there's like 12 of them moving into a two bedroom with a goat. Well, that's. <laughs> That's not racist. That's just accurate. Right. Well, no, but actually, no, no. Do, do you know who Frank Capra based that on? No. His own family. He's Italian, right? Oh, so right? it's not racist. Capra, it's just, it's just personal. Do you know what Capra means in Italian? Goat. Goat. Because yeah. cabron is yeah. goat in Spanish. He based, so. that, he based that on his own family. Okay. So, you know. So it's acceptable. Now who feels bad? Yeah. I don't. I feel better. <laughs> it is, apparently it's accurate. But I thought the movie was a little, you know. Well, the Baileys yeah. seem to love their drink. Well. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loved their drinks back the then. It was the 1940s. People yeah. drank in the office yeah. back then. I mean, talking about John Whoa. Hamm being Sorry. already mad. I need you to take it easy on the equipment. This is the second time, Cece. <laughs> Too much. I literally hit a cord. When Too the much. baby has croup and there's no brandy in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's You only give it brandy when it has the croup. <laughs> or the Jimmy legs. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> the Jimmy Stewart legs. Bringing it back to the movie. So Potter tries to, you know, basically buy out. $20,000 a year. What do you think that was? 400000 yep. maybe? Yeah, it was a big Sold! Time. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Fuck off! In a three-year contract. Guessing. A three-year contract. He could retire on that. Oh, yeah, totally. Back then, so, I was guessing 200000 when my yeah. when my son asked me. So, interestingly <clears> enough, you, you wouldn't that. think that a 14-year-old would be into this movie. I can I can say my son was distracted from his homework. When I had this movie on, you have a very well, unique, to be, yes, to, smart. To be, son, I'm a though. very intelligent son, but but he doesn't watch black and white movies. And this Ooh. both times, when, once when he was much younger, and then today, and he yesterday, was he was into it. Good, yeah. c- good cinema connects to any generation. Yes, you know. Oh, I have a question yeah. about this upcoming scene. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no go ahead. Um, so everyone in this room has children except for me. 
So here's a question as about far how as you know, you've got, <laughs> that I'm aware of. You've got dogs. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. I have fur babies yeah. with new Christmas scarves. Thanks. Me too. Thanks to Barb. Thank you, Miss Barb. Fabulous. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so Mary, the way that she announces her pregnancy to Jimmy Stewart, because this was back when you couldn't say pregnant. Uh, you know, back like in the Lucille Ball times, Lucy was having a baby. She in wasn't the family pregnant. way. We're heading yeah. back that way, I think. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's possible. But she tells, she surprises Jimmy Stewart because uh, he's kind of down in the dumps and feeling bad about himself. And he's like, why'd you ever marry a guy like me? And she goes, because I want my baby to look like you. Aww. And he's like, what? And he's just all surprised. And is that, would that be a, cause, uh, like, how did your women tell you that they were pregnant? Would, do y'all remember that? or? Well, they, they had it, this, this device that, <laughs> look what you did to me. Look what you did to me. I was hoping for a more wholesome story all than I that. Remember, but, you know. All I remember was was screaming and the world starting to shrink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, 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 tunnel, <laughs> the tunnel vision. And then, Andrew and Elaine, I am so sorry. <laughs> and then they had so smelling sorry. salts. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you How'd remember? Do you remember the beginning of Saving Private Ryan? You guys ruin everything good in my life. That's what you do. <laughs> See, when Tom, Tom Hanks sort of zones out in the middle, of the last leading man. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he was the last leading man because he wasn't really at war. He just found out that his wife was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. I would say my my first one was definitely oh shit. The second, <laughs> the second one. You are all ruining this. I thought this was going to be such a better game. The second one was was more like finally because I tried forever for That's the right. second one. I do remember that. And actually, the third yeah. one was another. Oh shit, we're doing this again. <laughs> well, at least so, maybe the older one could take care of the it. younger one. That's true. Real. That's true. true. You would think. Welcome oh. to real life. <laughs> <laughs> now, what period in your life did number one come? Was it? It was unexpected. Were you married? Oh yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Shotgun, no. shotgun wedding. But, but <laughs> no, we didn't get we didn't get married until much, much, much later. Oh god. Yeah. I Just last I week. wasn't about that. You're not marrying me because I'm pregnant. I was not about that. Yeah. Right. But. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it's just just keeping it around. Well, there was a stand. There was a stand-up comedian I saw once. He talked about he wanted to do a realistic uh, commercial for the pregnancy tests because <laughs> he says it's like on the pregnancy test. It's always you know, oh honey, look, yay! And he said, I want to see the one where the guy goes. Where are the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look so sad? I'm happy, honey. This is great. Yay. This might be the first time ever that Jason made me clutch my pearls. <laughs> I'm ashamed to be laughing right now. Not my words, Lynn. The words of Top Gear magazine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I regret asking, uh, but I'm also currently very happy way, with my own life choices. By so. the way, uh, to immediately derail this please, back, please. Right. the uh, war footage filmed mm-hmm. by Frank, Frank Capra. Capra. Very wow. realistic yeah. war yeah, footage, Yeah, because he, he was the dude yeah. out there getting, I mean, Frank Capra did some pretty crazy things during the war to get some of those shots. There's a, there's a documentary called, I think, Four Came Back. It's kind of like Hunter Thompson-esque in, the, in a way. Like, uh, just, yeah, no, I mean, like, just being, <laughs> being in the muck of it. Yeah, yeah, but he, he was, you know, like, on Midway, Yeah, you know. Um, no, I understand. Yeah, he's not hanging out with the Hells Angels. Yeah, a little different, But, but yeah. it, he's still in the muck of the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, 
a totally random piece of trivia about the movie. Because um, we never do that. 66 miles, okay? That's how much film was shot. 380,000 feet? I don't remember, but it's 66 point something miles oh, yeah. of footage. Wow. And you wonder why movies were so expensive. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you don't just film it. First of all, your takes are like 10 seconds long. You know, well, in the edit, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, but like you, could, you barely noticed the editing too. Like there was such a finesse to it because, like you said, Jason, it's not like with you know our crummy digital podcast where you can right. go in and cut things however you oh, want no, it's, to. Yeah, and you know blackmail the hell out of Adam and me all the time. Uh, that's so that's <laughs> fun. But no, you you barely noticed though. There are a few cuts that I did pay attention to that drew drew my attention, but for the most part, it's just so smooth, and that yeah. just means that the editor was just a the editor. Of his craft. Yeah, a good director back then and today. I mean, when you when you know it's Spielberg and Kasdan. Spielberg wouldn't be Spielberg, and he would and he would tell people this without Lawrence Kasdan. Those movies didn't exist. Oh, yeah. He says he would get together with his editor, and he got his composer, John, yeah. Williams, and John Williams, and that's how yeah. he got a movie. Yeah. He's like, I just put a bunch of clips together. Yeah. They made the movie. He, he's the guy who he, he, he generates all this stuff and hands it to people, and then they, they create this final product. And so that's what you see. Stewart with his pipe on the phone. Well, I'm thinking <coughs> he's, he, he's lucky he was 4F, because I know we got to close soon. Yeah. Yes. Because when he came back again, there was a lot of bars, nightclubs, gambling centers and whorehouses. So if he had served as an enlisted sailor and came back and saw that... He would have been in heaven. He'd have said, yeah, maybe it would have been better if I had been bored. (laughs) And then he would have went right into the whorehouse and that would have been roll credits. (laughs) 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 Roll credits. (laughs) And then he quantum leaps into somebody else's body. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. See how I did that? Same yes. universe. Yes. <laughs> and you notice how I said enlisted sailor, not an officer. Exactly. An officer you, would have never, no, no, ever done any no, of those things. No. He's such a <laughs> <laughs> In case you're not picking up I've on got, this. I've got a photograph I'll show you one of these days. My bullshit meter is going off the charts. So okay. I guess we need to get around to the closing. We, yes. Like you said, Jason, yes. everybody knows, like, it's kind of a reverse, uh, you know, screw situation. <laughs> <laughs> derailed um i said reverse porkies <laughs> no it's a reverse uh scrooge situation so george actually finds out you know that he's better off the way that he was when he actually thought that he had a terrible life so it's a wonderful life yeah. yay clarence clarence comes to earth and helps him well, he shows him, yeah. Sort his life out. It, it, and it, it's, him a, some it's a movie that legitimately stopped people from killing themselves. Oh, yeah. Which is there, an amazing There's like a study thing. on it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's literally about to kill himself yeah. when they've lost all the money and he thinks he's going to jail and he's worth more dead than alive as yeah. Potter. So As lovely, many of us are, yeah. sadly. He puts it that way. Mm. Lawyer question. Back then, wouldn't, because suicide completely like wipes out what you're worth if you have a life insurance policy. They're not going to with that have applied back then or yeah. was that something that like, it still applied back then. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, if you, if you kill yourself, your life insurance policy is not paying out. Yeah. So like no. then he's not <clears throat> worth more dead than he is alive. No. Cause they, you know, when you jump into a river and nothing else in, well, it, it's not like, thanks for spoiling everything. It, okay, I, do, if, I if, ruined if, it. It's horrible. If, if you want to get into the weeds on it, 
you have to prove that it was suicide. That's true. And who's going to do that to George the, Bailey? The, the presumption, yeah. the presumption yeah. is that it isn't until they prove that it is. He did crash his car into a tree, too. So he yeah. could have drunkenly fallen into the right. See, there, you repaired yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Cece. Yeah. See, I didn't ruin it. Yeah. She's part- already got a plan for her husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> right. We should, we should do double indemnity next. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but everything winds up, you know, Wonderful. So one one thing that there's a scene where he looks uh, at the portrait of his father on the wall of his office and it really drives home part of the theme of this movie where it says, all you can take with you is that which you've given away. And that's like the underlying theme that you see in the end is he's given so much of himself that he really has more than he realizes and it all comes mm-hmm. back to him in the end. And yeah. that's actually said about him by one of the random people that's praying for him in the town. They say, George is always putting people in, in front of himself and frankly, I think that's why he's in so much trouble. Yeah. And so, but then it all comes full circle. Clarence helps George to realize that he does in fact have a fantastic existence and that he, you know, he should want to get back to his wife and kids, which he does. And Clarence earns his wings as an angel for helping George. Aww. And you wonder if it's all a dream. I'd just be end. going around ringing bells all the time. <laughs> if I was Give Clarence, the you know, all come on, son of a Because somebody's got to say it. Who's going to say the iconic Zuzu line? Wait, does anyone know how many angels got their wings in this movie? Because the, I don't. The, oh, internet, how many, the how internet counted. Oh. Because the, the opening credits and the closing credits both have the Liberty. Okay, so there's at least three. 42. What? There are 40, apparently, the, the internet counted. Well, come on, listen. Remember yeah. the when he went back again and, the, and the, the guy who was the bartender, he's like, look, I'm getting I'm getting angels their wings. He oh, keeps opening yeah, and closing yeah. the oh, cash right. register like 10 Every times. time somebody opens and closes yeah. the door. Well, if you go yeah. by our Krampus episode where Mr. Brown was shimmying in his Christmas bell sweater, <laughs> then approximately a thousand angels got their wings. I don't want to talk about <laughs> shimmying. So, funny thing about that is when he comes back and it's called Nick's, not Martini's, there's a reference to that in the newer movie, Christmas Chronicles, where they go to this bar and everybody in it's grumpy and Santa's trying to get help. It's called Nick's. Oh. Like oh. St. Nick's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, there's references to this movie oh, in a lot iconic. of different Christmas oh, movies if you look it. for them. Yeah, so the good news is that everything winds up great for the Baileys. Uh, the... The business isn't going to go out yeah, because the entire town bands together. And it's all because of Mary. Mary has, oh, yeah, she Mary ties yeah. everything together. Yeah. She's she's really his guardian angel if you think I about think it. I think Mary, mm-hmm. Sam, Beckett leaped into Mary. Yes. I guess. Yeah. I know. I'd have to diagram that one. He quantum leaped. He quantum leapt into her. Um, and then he... You know, um, but I think that's so when he was kissing Mary at the end, it was actually Scott Bakula. <laughs> there you go. I love, no, Scott Bakula comes back as Zuzu. <laughs> I love how it returns to the innocence of like his little girl at the end when he finds her petals in his pocket uh, that she wanted him to paste back onto her flower she carried home from school. It's he finds a, him in her pocket, in his pocket, and he it's knows. Because such a dad he grounds move. Him. Yeah, because uh, she has a flower, him. and she says she wants to give it a drink. Daddy, I want to give it a drink, and it, the petals fall off, and he does such a dad move where she's like, paste it back on, and he's like, all right, Zeus, yeah, yeah, all yeah, right, and he just second. shoves them in his pocket yeah, and gives yeah. them back to her. Yeah. But that's that, the fact that that's his main keepsake because yeah. he doesn't have his ID, he doesn't have any documents proving who he is, in this alternate universe with Clarence, he just 
he has the he doesn't even have Zuzu's pedals, but that's where he really gets his faith restored is when he sees Zuzu's pedals in so his pocket. The line so there's a line from this that um I often jokingly say with my husband is, is why do we have to have all these kids anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but um but and then wow. I but I also mm-hmm. say that my little girl, my third, uh-huh. is like my Zuzu. Oh because I can see she's that. like the sweet Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And she said it. Yay. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Someone Aww. had to. But so the movie has a nice wholesome ending, which you always knew it was going to. Uh, and Clarence gets his wings, like we said. And so I guess we need to close out with, Cece, why did you pick this movie? And then we can go off to Seinfeld. Well, um, I mean, it it's really true to life all of the disappointment and the frustration and the happy trials he goes through (laughs) but when it you're supposed to feel it really feel like and empathize with this character identify with this character so you can really you know feel the the turnaround in the end and and get that warm fuzzy christmasy (laughs) feeling you know that you want to feel at christmas time and um that's i mean it's the ultimate you know, feel good movie. If you watch it to the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, it's just like when John McClane pushes Hans Gruber. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 see, it's the yeah. same and thing. Same. The bearer bombs yeah. and the soap bubbles exactly. float everywhere. It's great. <laughs> All right. So uh, on Alf to Seinfeld, do you remember God, the Alf to Seinfeld you, scale? How do we even do Seinfeld this? 10? Uh, no, no. Has it gotten yeah, better? Oh, no. I mean, Sein- uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Alf is one. Seinfeld is 10. and. Uh-huh. And then a five, five is like the perfect score, quote unquote, because that means that it didn't get any better. It didn't get any worse. It stayed just yeah. as perfect in your mind. I mean, I think this then. is the perfect movie. I think it's one of the most perfect movies. And did you feel that way the first time you watched it? Huh? I So I didn't watch it all the way through until I was maybe <laughs> So you 22. thought it was a terribly depressing movie for most of your life. <laughs> We felt like so Phoebe it, for a very yeah. long time. Okay, so I so I get it. So it, de- I mean, it definitely went from zero to, you know, hero. Yes, <laughs> zero, yes. To hero. zero to hero. It, it definitely became my favorite Christmas movie. Where I think as a kid, it was probably Home Alone. That sounds like which a, is the still previous, a lot of people's Which favorites. is the previous movie I was guest star on. That's Ugh. true. She loves Christmas, you guys, in I, case you haven't noticed. No. I'm, I'm yeah. in the same boat. I, I would agree because there's aspects of the movie, even though I liked it, I really enjoyed it as a kid, until you have a job and you have to pay a mortgage mm-hmm. and, you, kids to support. and you have kids to you <laughs> And a wife to disappoint. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and a drafty I, old house. Right. I don't kidding. think a kid is really, most kids, maybe there's some, Generally speaking, a kid is not going to be capable of understanding being mm. George Bailey. Yeah. You I know? mean, it's not a kid's movie. It's not a kid's movie. No. Mm. I'm going to say, God, I mean, it's tough. Fix the old pops, like, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in, yes. in, that, in that sense. Exactly. It, Something else I had in my notes I didn't post. get to bring up. The Newell Post? Newell Post? Yeah. Something. Whatever it is. Whatever Clark says when yeah. he saws it off in Christmas <laughs> vacation. Sorry. No, it's true. I had Newell that in post. my notes. That's what it is. Yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, an eight. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm it's giving hard. it a five because I've loved it every time I've seen it the same way. Yeah, I don't you know. know. It, it kind of defies yeah. rating. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I loved it. I loved it as a kid and I love it now, but for different reasons. I'm kind of a combination of y'all's wheelhouse because like with CeCe, whenever this movie was on TV, because we didn't have it on video, <clears throat> uh, it was about 
55 hours long and yeah, it, was, right? it was tough to sit through. Even if you had the patience as a kid to watch it all the way through, your parents were like, all right, it's dinner time. Cut the TV off. Let's go. And you're, uh, so it, it improved for me just because I didn't understand the strife of George Bailey. I totally do now where you realize the mortgage struggles and the struggles with family and the stuff that kind of mm-hmm. can taint the Christmas spirit. Uh, but so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half, just because it got so much better. And you threw me. a fraction in there. Now I can't do the math. <laughs> hey, seventeen fifty pie, just like with George Bailey. <laughs> it's uh, improvised. Carry Jimmy. the seven with. It got. Uh, I'm gonna call this a seven. <laughs> <laughs> You're no Jimmy Stewart. You no, I'm not. No, I am not Jimmy Stewart. Well, and, and I auditioned for the role of George Bailey's brother and didn't get it, so I was a little bitter at first, you know. In the original but, 1946 version. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm a little older yeah. than I look. Not much, uh, though. But uh, we do have to wrap up, unfortunately, because Jason's being a diva yes. and has better things yes. to do. He's uh, got obligations. But we do, uh, yeah, he's got family that's ruining his Christmas spirit. So, yes. <laughs> As they do. Yeah. <laughs> Like you do. But, Cece, thank you so much for joining yes, us thank again. thank you, Cece, for right. joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Our Hindsiders love seeing you again. And uh, as always, Hindsiders, Darth and Jason and Adam, we love you all. Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas if we don't see you beforehand. Uh, but we thank you for joining us for your drive time, your listening time, your holiday time, your It's a Wonderful Lifetime. This has been Hindsight and good night.